Welcome to Coon Hunt University Podcast. This is your host, Mason Bush. Class is now in session. Hey guys, next time you're in the market for some new hunting supplies, head on over to Conkey's Outdoors. Whether it's a light, boots, dog leash, garment, or any other kind of hunting accessories, they can take care of you. Conkey's is a family-owned business that strives on excellent customer service and guarantees fast delivery every time. The next time you're over in Hastings, Florida, stop by or give them a call at 904-692-1568. Thanks. Hey guys, if you're in the market for a new pair of boots, head on over to coonhuntersupply.com. Check out the Razor Chaps. Razor has teamed up with Yoder Nylon to make some of the best chaps on the market. If you want durability, with the chrome to go with it, look no further. Whether you need boots and chaps, pouches, or just apparel, Razor is your one-stop shop for it all. Head on over to coonhuntersupply.com or give them a call at 574-328-0856. Thanks. Hey everyone, this is Mason. Hope y'all been doing all right. Uh, a few of y'all know, have seen it on Facebook that I've uh, I took full ownership and Coon Hunt University podcast. Tyler worked out a deal and made it happen, and here we are. Uh, here lately, I've been hunting quite a bit. Uh, this past weekend, I judged at Mark Hall's Invitational. It's called the Bear Pen Invitational in Dyersburg, Tennessee. We had a great hunt. I got to sit down with Chuck and Colton Dunlap and done a done an episode that I thoroughly enjoyed. Chuck and Colton both are top-notch guys. Got to hang out with a, a bunch of real good people. Uh, this coming weekend, we got the Pro Sport Somerville truck hunt here at the house. Uh, hope to see a lot of y'all there. So stay tuned. We got Chuck and Colton coming up. Thanks. It's Coon Hunting University podcast. Today we have Chuck and Colton Dunlap. How y'all doing, guys? Good. Doing doing good, good, buddy. We're We're down here to uh, Mark Hall Invitational. Really enjoying ourselves. We've ate good. Yes, we have. We ate good. (laughs) And had some good coon hunts. Real good coon hunts. Yeah, we have seen good dog work and everything. Yep. We we traded the fire out of the coons last night in that early round. Yeah, we sure did. What was it, eight? Yeah, scored on eight. Uh, Wes said he had another one over there. And then, Jock, and then Jock treated coon. He had another one. He had a coon after the hunt. You know, when they fought, when they got him, he had a coon. So that's ten in there. Ten coons. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be afraid to go right back there again tonight. Hmm. Scored three late and uh, three more after the hunt. They was all three split. All three had coons. I'll be dull. I'll be dull. Six. Some of the best of the best is down here competing. Yeah, they are. That's uh. 16 singles in a little over three hours yeah right here in west tennessee yes sir well both of y'all's been on the podcast uh with with josh and clayton is that correct yeah Mm -hmm. so uh i'm gonna try to get y'all on over here and just kind of give us a little idea and get us rolling give y'all give us a little history on on each one of y'all well i'll be 60 my birthday and i've coon hunted ever since i was 12 years old and I, I learned right from the start 
that I wasn't going to be able to buy the type of dog that I wanted to hunt, so I had to train it. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's not, there's a there's a ton of enjoyment that comes from breeding and raising your own dogs that you compete with. Now, a lot of people say, well, you can't uh, compete with the rich guys. You know, you're not. No one's going to win them all. But it's really, really a thing of pride to make a cross raise a litter of pups up, choose you one and train it, and then compete with it and do good with it. And I've always had a knack with that. And uh, I don't think if I was a Malden millionaire that I'd do it any other way than what I, what I do right now and what I've done all my life. Just a peace of mind that goes a long ways. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. What about you, Colton? I guess you got started real well, early in life. I've been, uh, I've been around coon hunting pretty much all my life i didn't take to it um right off the bat and i've said this on the other podcasts i uh, my dad was really intense hunter and uh he wasn't mean to me or anything like that but it was just hard for him to turn it off when i would go and i couldn't hardly keep up you know and uh i took to like deer hunting and squirrel hunting and stuff like that and it was a little bit discouraging at first because i didn't think me and dad was going to do anything and uh, he told me when I said I didn't want a coon hunt, this is like when I'm like five or six years old, he said, we'll do whatever you want to do. We'll squirrel hunt, deer hunt, you want to play in a band, whatever, I'll be there for you. And that's the way he's been as a dad all my life with whatever I've done. Well, the funny story about how I got started was um, at the time I wasn't coon hunting, right? And uh, Doug came up, Jackson came up and went hunting with us. And he was always really good to me and my sister. He'd bring us candy and everything. And I think the reason I went is I wanted to be around him more because I'd been around him all day, and I just wanted to go with him. And I, I told Dad, I said, hey, I'm going to go with you tonight. And he said, uh, he said, well, it's going kind of, he was going up with Jim Samples to hunt. He said, it's, it's going to be an all-night deal. Because when people would come and hunt with him, they, they knew they was going to get their, I won't say their money's worth or whatever they were going to get to coon hunt when they came and hunted with him as long as they wanted for as many nights as they wanted to and so basically what i'm saying is dad was letting me know that in a couple hours i wasn't going to say hey i want to go home and be able to go home well uh i said i want to go he said well that you're with us all night well i went and i really wanted to impress doug and everything and i uh toted the gun led dogs uh went and uh you know handle dogs for people and stuff like that and i was probably probably 10 years old at this time and my dad at the end of the night he uh he told me that uh uh he was a big help and that blew my head up because he's always gave me compliments when i've done a good job but he's never gave me he's never just pumped me up when i haven't done a good job when he told me that it really pumped me up and I guess I don't think you missed a night. No, I never missed a night after that. I started. He got me a he got me a light and got me a boot. uh, Got me some boots and I just piled right into going with him. And he was in his prime. And immediately that when I first started hunting, it was a full bore for me. And he took a back seat. And that's where I've been blessed. You know, Uh, he started. He was the first generation you know he people didn't coon up before him i i kind of fell into it so for me to go on and say 
all I've done and everything like that. I've, I've had a great teacher the whole time. I feel like I'm good with a pup and stuff like that, but it's all because he showed me. But uh, coon hunting has all the money I've won, and I haven't won as much as most, but I've won more than more than a lot. But coon hunting to me, the biggest thing I've pulled from it is the relationship that I've built with him. No doubt it'd be there if I didn't coon hunt. Like I said before, it didn't matter, but coon hunt, it, but it helped. Me and him, we, we'd go to Egypt together, never have a crossword, and anytime I'm down or anything, he's always got the right thing to say. So the biggest thing I've pulled from coon hunting is I've made friendships other than him, but our friendship has just, I mean, we're that's the way it's supposed, that's to, be. Way it's supposed right. to be, but it, I feel like not everybody gets it and it's, it, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Well, that's, that's uh that's a bond ever, ever dad and son wants. And it makes me proud to know that I have done a good job that way. Absolutely. And I've got a little girl that didn't come out and she thinks as much of me as he does and that means more than anything in the world to me it, it does it means the world to me right as intense as he's been with these dogs he was and maybe intense isn't right dedicated as he's been with these dogs he was even more as a father which is very noteworthy to say about him he's he's the best they come as far as being a dad yep. and, and my mother has always been great to me i've been blessed i got a great wife i've just to come down here and hunt and you know you can get sour when you get beat sometimes and stuff like that i just i try not to because it's i've been so blessed man i mm -hmm. really have it's it's my whole life's been and he sold the dog that we trained to uh Alan Stone Cipher and Alan Stone Cipher's been just wonderful to him. Yeah, just I couldn't ask for a better person to sell. I sold a dog to a coon hunter, and not everybody does that. But when you sell a dog to a coon hunter, they know what you're going through. They know the ropes of com competition. They know that dog can just like last night. I felt like my dog looked as good as Billy Bell's did. He just didn't get his mouth open. Yep as quick and you can have that and al i talked to alan we had a great conversation it, you know he knows the breaks and uh i'm blessed to hunt for a coon hunter you know that gives me the opportunities but also knows the breaks you gotta have. Un he, understands he, he his understands. daddy his daddy was a coon hunter he's a coon hunter and he know knows what goes on out here in these competitions yeah, he's a good man right. great man we had a good cast i um I had to use the bathroom. I think I was about five or six trees in before I, I had a chance to stop and, and use the bathroom. It was action-packed right off the get, wasn't yep, it? Jock, Jock treed that first one three or four minutes into the hunt, and yeah. we did not stop one time until yeah. the cast was over. And they've got a, a, a – Josh McCagus made a film of it, and it'll be worth watching. It was yep. an action-packed coon uh, hunt. It was. I busted my tail about that second tree. That'll that that's enough right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got he, it on film. Yeah, he made sure he told everybody he got on film. <laughs> which a few of uh, them cypress knees are terrible. I don't know if that's what you tripped. Did you did you slide on some mud? No, I, I was just uh, I was backing up. Uh, I'd found Billy's cone and I, I was backing up and just tripped over a root and yeah. busted it. And Josh got all of it on camera. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll be on. He won't edit that out. I no, I, I told him. I said, you, "I said you gonna leave that part out." He said, "No." He said, "It's going on it's first going thing." In there for sure. <laughs> but you don't see very many uh, dad and son duos out here, especially a real coon hunter. Like you said, it's intense and yep. it's hard for a kid to, uh, to to enjoy it when when a dad 
looks at it as a job and as a priority. I mean, I don't have kids, but it, it, to me, it'd be hard to balance a work, a family, you know, and coon hunting yeah, the way I coon hunt now. It right. was a it, it was a pure pleasure. My wife uh, had a great job, and I lost a job, and I never went, went to work after that. I just stayed home with the kids and uh, kind of like their mother, but but did it more like a daddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just had a great time. And I had uh, that's not something that many men get to do. And I thank her for that. I yep. really do because it was a blessing for me to get to raise them and fool with them like I did. And we talked about this last night. We're going to do, do a little podcast on breeding dogs, training dogs, and, and something a little different than just talking about a night hunt all the time. Uh, a night hunt, training dogs wouldn't be worth a pint of piss if you didn't have a night hunt. But there's a lot that goes in to getting that dog ready to compete. And a lot of these young guys, they could get in. I mean, and I'm not saying it's for everybody. I'm not saying, I'm not sitting here acting like, oh, everybody ought to coon hunt, because that's not so. But these young men that want to, they can get into it at the level that I did or anybody else did, but just using good common sense and learning how to fool with pups and dogs, and they can get just as much enjoyment out of it as the guy that can buy any dog in the country and compete it. And it, it's actually more rewarding to breed and train dogs and have that have those dogs be successful and on on the a high level because you really get a lot out of that. You really get a lot of enjoyment Absolutely. out of that. Absolutely. And a guy that, hey, I can't afford uh, to buy a good dog with the prices of dogs now, but anybody that wants to, because it ain't rocket science, you can train a pup and get out there and compete with it. Right. It, can, it can be, uh, it, for somebody, if and putting myself in the shoes of somebody that, is coming out from the street and looking at coon hunting comp as far as competition uh training dogs buying dogs and it could be in, intimidating and think well there's no room for me it's kind of fenced off there's no room the the money especially coming from where all the food chain me and dad are on it could be intimidating like almost like you feel you got to buy your way in but training learning that skill of training a pup you're starting at the bottom but you can get yourself in and get your foot in the door and you know you can, there you may can be, be a there. guy there may be a guy say hey buddy i'm gonna buy your dog i did that with larry weaver i i'd sell him one of my dogs and then he'd pay me pay me to compete it and i'd get half the money we won and that was the way i got in you know and you can get yourself in and and have a good time and feel like that you've done something rewarding with yourself if you just use good common sense Absolutely. and fool with a good strain of dogs. Uh, if I was a young man, I'd find out just exactly what kind of dog I liked, you know, the style of dog I liked. Then I'd find a strain of dogs that reproduces 
to that caliber uh, of, of what I like to hunt. And I'd start getting me a few pups and working them and, and, and training them. And when you, st- when you talk about a puppy and you get a puppy, the first thing you got to do is keep that puppy healthy. You've got to keep him warm free, uh, feed him a good diet, him or her, and uh, vaccination. Vaccinations. Uh, uh, keep ticks and fleas off of them, and uh, keep them healthy. Get, and and always fool with them. I have never raised a litter of shy pups, not one. I've seen other guys that every time they raise a litter of pups, they're shy. And the reason for that is they let a bitch have them pups out in the kennel and they don't fool with them, they don't talk to them, they don't lay hands on them, and you are going to have shy pups. But if you're out, I promise you, if you're going to raise a litter of pups and you're always out there talking to them, uh, putting your hands on them and stuff, you're not going to have no shy pups. No, I agree 100%. And you're, you're socializing can mean a lot of things to different people. Uh, you'll have some veterinarian say, uh, oh, you got to leave a, a pup on a bitch for eight weeks. Now, I do not believe that. I've raised a lot of them, and I ain't never left a litter of pups on a bitch for eight weeks. I'm going to do the socializing that they're saying that the mother does. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to do that, and they're all the better for that. Now, I suppose if you left them on there eight weeks, she would do some things that you couldn't do, but I never have seen it hurt a pup. I've, every pup that I've ever raised and trained never stayed on a bitch for eight weeks. So don't let that, don't get that in your head that, hey, you got to do that because it's not so. Yep. I got a buddy that lives right there close to me, and he's raised as many litters as anybody in five to six weeks. Yeah, they're, they're weaned. Yep. They're weaned. And, and they're not shy. They're not, they don't have any kind of uh, backward, uh, setbacks with them if, if you fool with them if you're around them all the time right yep after uh like you said we're gonna talk more about puppies and, and training uh after after you wean one where where do you go from there well if you if you're smart you're gonna keep three or four of them pups around sell the rest of them and you're gonna start watching them and messing with them and they'll tell you which one you want to keep to train for yourself. Now that's not to say that the rest of them won't make good dogs. And you might pick one out and somebody else do better with the one you got. But you'll have you'll have a real good idea that uh, I don't there's no way you can look at a puppy when it's real little and say, boy, there's a world champion or there's a, a real gonna make a real consistent coon dog. But they'll tell you that they're gonna make some type of dog and that's about all you can get out of it. And you're going to pick the one you like their looks, listen to them, them old puppy mouths, and, and choose out, hey, this pup's going to have a decent mouth when he develops. And that's about all you can do that way. And then you start with the pup. And it's about like the best way I can explain it is being a good parent and being a good dog trainer is about the same thing. You have got to not put more on that puppy everything's got to be fun until that pup's eight or nine months old and then you can get just a not not terrible uh i wouldn't think you'd want to you i know you wouldn't want to take it out there and hunt it every night all night at nine months old but if you make everything fun for it by the time that thing's nine months old you'll have it running and treeing a coon 
on a pretty regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, you get to learning, hey, uh, this is going to be a, a right. Every one of them is going to not, every, every puppy is going to have one thing in common. They're never going to be as good as you want them to be. But if you keep fooling with the right strain of dogs, you're going to hit on that one outstanding dog. Now, you may get it one a year. You may get uh, one every five years that's really above average. But you'll stick with If you stick with them, you're going to have a coon trigger, right. a, a dog that will represent you rather well when you do, go out and put it in a competition hunt. Yeah, usually if you do the homework, you do your job, it'll tell once you go to town. You bet. You can't hide hard work, and you can't hide good common sense. And the biggest thing that I've picked up with these dogs is they will tell you what they need. Mm -hmm. They will tell you what they need to sit down and say, at this age, do this, at this age, do that. Uh, Me and him, because time's money, essentially, we're going to have one that shows us pretty early that they're going to get fired and up I've early. always believed that the earlier they start start showing you that the more natural ability they, they absolutely have. absolutely but they 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 will tell you what they need and that'll tell you what you the steps you need to take now experience you know if we're talking about somebody that's never done it before yeah you, that's just things you're going to pick up I think the biggest thing to me is and I said this on Josh's podcast is what turns people away from training a dog is is nothing's guaranteed you know like dad said you you pick up on things and you pick one out and you can get good at picking a pup and you can get get it to the point where it's ready for competition and it's got this and it's got that and some of them just ain't got it and you've done all this work and it's i hate to say it to be blunt about it sometimes it can be completely out the window but once you see that once you come to that and you don't lie to yourself and you say this this is something that i can't live with this is a dog that somebody else will enjoy but it's not going to suit me i'm not going to enjoy enjoy it it. you need to you need to get it get it get away from because the worst thing you can do is try to make a dog something that's not i don't i don't believe in that i mean i'm sure maybe some people have luck luck with that but um honestly if if you're trying to force something in that should come natural to a dog it's not it's not ever going to be a hundred percent if you think about it people and dogs are made up of intelligence natural ability if they're an athlete that they were just born with a lot of natural ability and brains you know they got to be smart they got to have drive you know they got you know you can have a dog it's real smart, and if he don't have any guts and drive, he's not going to mount to that outstanding dog, and he's got to be born with some brains. Yep. And I would say brains is first, and then the heart is next. Or I don't. I, I think it's it, hard to level. It's hard to. It's, it's hard, hard to judge which is because whichever one that they lack, and you wish that you that put that wish in that they level. had. You but it's made up of three things: natural ability, heart, and brains. Yep. And and I think that. To me, looking even from when I started, a big hole that you see in dogs is consistency, and the consistency issue all falls back to what I what that's my opinion. But what I said is, is you're trying to force something that doesn't come natural to that dog. Um, we live in a fast-paced world where you want to 
get this pup, put it down the road, get it going, and you're you're already you're already thinking about it super stakes when it's just out of the welping box. But you you've got to you've got to take it step by step, and then when you come to that point where that dog doesn't have what you're looking for, you you need to just be honest with yourself and say, hey, it's it's time, time to, to move start on. over. It's time to move on. There, yep. There's some of them that need to be put to sleep, and there's some of them that need to be moved to somebody else that will enjoy them. And some of them that you're you're going to say, hey, this is the one I I love this one, or I like it. Uh, loving and liking is two different things. Uh, I've only had a few that I loved, but a bunch that I liked. Yep. Perfect example. Uh, a couple years ago, I, I raised one. Both of them's off my dogs. Larry was born. I raised this female, and me and Kitty hunt together a lot. And I, she had him foaming at the mouth. Yeah. Then about a month, I'm talking about turning it on, uh, right before her one-year-old super stakes. About a month before, just like a light switch, turned it off, and 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 has never really come back to what she was before, in my opinion. And uh, this, this that's two years down the drain. Yeah. And, and I didn't spend much time on it. I, a month or two, I I sat there, I couldn't fix it, and I moved on. That's right. And that's a sad part of it. And it's your time that you don't get back but if you want to do this you got to be willing to do that because yep. you're going to work hard and not get paid some of the time and then some of the time you're going to get paid and when i say paid i mean the enjoyment the excitement the pride Sat- satisfaction that you get, satisfaction that you get out of raising a good pup right and training yeah. And we're talking about something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. I mean, because who wants to who wants to say that? For number one, when you're training a dog, you don't have an audience on you. You don't have somebody following you around with a scorecard. You don't have somebody uh, patting you on the back, you know, praising you along. It's, it's not it's, filmed. It's mm-hmm. not filmed. It, it, there's no there's nothing cushy to it. The, the only thing you've got is what's in you to drive to continue. And a lot of people don't like to talk about and. It, be blunt about it and admit you know hey this this just didn't pan out yep. and you can either turn away from it or you can try again and and if it's in you you'll you'll try, you'll and try anything again. in life is worth being honest with yourself because you start lying to yourself you're screwed yep. you're, you're, you're out absolutely you're in a dangerous spot absolutely and you know you sit down to do one of these things and you want to start talking about uh, training techniques and what you did for this one or what you did for that one and I don't really think that you could sit down and do that because it, it'd be a series it wouldn't be just one little podcast but the things that we're trying to give these young men is the idea of what they're going to go through what they're going to expect uh, you're going to expect to do a lot of work that sometimes don't pay off but when it does it's golden right it's absolutely golden. yeah and i it'll don't want to be worth it yeah give the conception that just because a, a pup has a hitch that uh, it's over you know or because i guess whenever i was saying that uh forcing a dog to do something that's not in them you got to train them and they're going to have hiccups and hitches that you've got to teach them the the rules. That don't mean they're worthless. Don't mean they're yeah. worthless. I, I don't want to, I guess, the back up, I don't want to say like um, that just it's down the drain if the dog has a bad night or anything, obviously, something like that. But because uh, you're going to have hiccups where you're going to have to sit down and do a little brain. The, the best thing to do is just 
It's just take your time. Mm-hmm. When you when you when a problem arises, there's a reason for that problem. Whether it is that they don't have it in them, or whether something mental's happened, uh, maybe they got a physical issue or something. But really break that problem down. Um, don't go boring it. You're not going to solve most of the time. You're not going to solve it in one or two nights at, at all. You know, uh, the bigger the problem, the longer it's going to take to solve. It, it's going to, it's going. And the longer you let it go on, yeah, the worse it's going to get. Right. Um, the biggest thing I would say to somebody starting out is, if they would run into a hitch, is to really um, take time and think about what that dog's thinking, why it's doing it, um, and obviously uh, making sure nothing's physically wrong with it. And before it. you go to start doing something to that dog, think about it for two or three days. And how am I going to how am I going to convey to this dog? Because even with children, if a man sees a daddy mess up or, or a guardian mess up with a kid, he can walk over and tell that kid, "Hey, your dad or your guardian was wrong about that." You can't do that with an animal. No, you have got one shot. One shot to. Get, get that dog's attention and, and teach it what you want it to do and you can't afford to just go at it hell to skelter and end up running the dog mm-hmm. running, and, and a lot of guys you'll, you'll hear a lot and a lot of the people that buy dogs they go they go on the assumption you can kick the shit plumb out of them and get them straightened out well a dog has got to be a little afraid of you, and when I say afraid of you, I call that respect. Just like a kid is of their dad, they don't want to piss him off and make him mad, but they also got to love you enough to fight a bear for you. Mm-hmm. And that's about the best way to say it. That's that's the best way I know to say it. Just like me and you was talking yesterday, I, I was talking about that pup of mine, and he had been looking real good, and I noticed this all of a sudden, it's like a light switch. He wouldn't get in tree, he'd come back in. I hadn't been training on him as far as getting physical, so I knew I knew it wasn't something in his head. It wasn't something you done. Right. Yeah, it was physical. I, I took him to the vet, had a UTI. We got that fixed and inst- went right instantly back, went right went, back to went, what he was right, doing went, before. Went right back to work the and way that, he should. That goes back to knowing your dog. That's right. Absolutely. I listened to a, and I wouldn't call it a podcast because it was made in the late 30s of Dale Lee. Uh, he was a mountain lion, uh, jaguar, and bear hunter, and he said, to train a dog, you've got to know your dog, and you've got to spend time with that dog, and you've got to know. You can take dogs out of the same strain, and there'll be some little differences here and there, and you've got to be smart enough to figure them out so you can train that dog. The same thing don't work on every kid. You know, there's some kids you got to really get on their hind end there's some of them you can talk to. There's some of them that, uh, that uh, you do have to do a little bit of punishing. Uh, maybe not not with a switch, but, but say, hey, bud, you're not doing that tonight. you got to find out what makes that dog click and how the best medicine is the exact amount of correction that it takes to change that dog in doing what you want it to do. You don't want to go overboard, and you don't want to go under. Right. And you may have two separate dogs doing the same exact thing, and, and, and they have to go about it 
two different, two different ways. ways. Yep. yep. And the best thing I could say for, for young men is know your dog, uh, uh, take very good care of it health-wise. You don't want a dog sleeping in the dog box the rain comes inside. You don't want a dog uh, uh, living in a dog box with no bedding in it. You don't want it to be eat up with water. And if you cover all those bases physically, then you know if you have a problem, hey, it's probably mental or it's probably something that I'm going to have to break that dog from doing. And, and, and then you need to sit down and think about it and say, hey, this is how I'm going to approach this. And with a calm, not mad, a calm plan to carry it out to get that dog doing what you want it to do. Right. Like you said, you, you need to think about it. You need to process it and, and figure out how, how you need to go about it. You just fly in there mad and, and go to getting physical. Usually you're just you you helping you're trying to fix something yeah. you got going on. Not, yeah, yeah, not, that's, yeah right. that's right. That's so. right. And you get, whenever you dish out correction, you want there to be a lesson to be learned from that. And I've always said you can you can whip a dog past from where they're, they don't even know what you're whipping them for because they have survival instinct. You get a dog where you're down and you're half killing them, they're not thinking about why they're getting why that whipping. They're, they're thinking about surviving. Right. They go, all that goes out the window. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm one for correcting the dog, absolutely. But, but there's a right and a wrong way to correct one, just like there's a right and a wrong way to, to correct the child. Yeah. Right. You have these people out here talk about how, how hard they whoop one or how bad it. That don't impress me. Not a no, bit. Not no, a bit. Not me either, buddy. Not a bit. And I'm going to tell you something else. A son of a gun that can, after you run one, can go replace it with money. I, I can't do that. Yeah. I, I, I got to figure out, hey, I, I've spent some time on this dog. And I'm going to get this problem took care of. I have no respect for for that. No, I don't need. No. I don't need. And uh, and and of course, I'd never name any names. But there's a lot of high dollar handlers out here that that'll do it in a hurry. Yeah. Hey, well, it's like this: to handle a dog in a competition coon hunt, you've just got to be uh, have your faculties, but training the dog is an art uh handling the dog in a, in a coon hunt is just an intelligent man going out there knowing how to not put his dog out on a limb uh math math yep. there's a lot of people that don't even understand math i know when i'm beat you think i'm turning my dog loose in a coon hunt that i can't win i'm done i, I go to the truck what what use yep. is that three coons down in 30 yeah. minutes yeah. yeah yeah i mean uh they don't know math i, I paid my entry fee well, that's intelligence. <laughs> that's right. that's an intelligence. Thing. You, you know, you, you're beat. Right. Uh, you, you, what are you going to do, staying out there getting in somebody's way when you are beat? Go to the go to the truck. Yep. Get out of their way. And you know, I'm I'm sure uh, intelligent dog trainer wouldn't handle a dog like that. But there's handlers that can't take a puppy and turn it into a coon dog. Right. But. Uh, you have you just you just got to use common sense in anything you do. It ain't just coon hunting; it's life. You got to use good, sound judgment and 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 common sense. Yeah, because everybody's different. But I'd a lot rather be remembered as a as a good trainer slash dog man than I you would bet. handler. I would too. Yeah, I would too. And it's no slam to anybody how no, they go. About no, it. no, no, 
no that's way. Plan at all. Like going back to the beginning, it's, there's some there's a place for everybody. That's I, right. I, I, that's I, right. I, 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 I've never I've never competed against Dustin Weed, but Colton has. He's as good a dog handler as it there is, and I'd say he's a pretty good dog man all around. Mm-hmm. But he, um, and he deserves credit for that. He does. He he's done he's done a good job, but training one from a puppy and competing it is a lot different than just getting one and taking it out there and, and entering in the hunt and trying to win with it. Right. Absolutely. Colton, you won the youth world. What year was that? That's uh, 2012. 2012. You was 12, wasn't you? Uh, yeah, tw- 12, getting ready to turn 13, or I might have been 13. Um, that was a, that was a good, I'm glad you brought that. That was a good story. Um, so, uh, I won with uh, Buck Creek Stella. Um, she actually came originally from Steve Yant, and uh, we we went through some money problems, and we had a really good dog. Uh, Buck Creek Rock End had uh, trained her, and uh, he had to sell her. We went through some money problems, and instead of we had a pup that we were working on, but instead of uh, you know waiting around and training that pup, Dad had me pretty sharp with Ann. He wanted to get me in a hunt, and we did something we don't normally do we bought a dog then dad had known a lot about her um when we got her we had got her she was pretty much done uh, she had left steve she had been passed around and uh jeff stollard actually helped out in the deal us getting her and we got her and she was big as a whiskey keg bear claw toenails on and the life was out of her eyes and uh with my dad's hard work we we went around that year and i mean it just because the big thing I want to bring up is he promised me whenever he sold that dog that he said, you'll have, he'll have a dog. He said, I don't want you to get discouraged because we, I put a lot of work in with helping with that and female. And he said, you, he said, don't give up on me. He said, I'll get you a dog. I promise you. He he said, even if I got to go against the grain and buy you one, I will get you a dog. And we got, uh, Stella and I spent that year and I learned more about uh, competition coon hunting because of him that uh, then in that in that short span then I've probably uh, learned since then on um, he would set me up with mock casts we would sit down we would pound that blue book all the time and in the horizon was that youth world hunt and to prepare for that and have that hunt off the horizon and go down there and win it that was that was the great one of the greatest memories I've I've got, um, and it was it was good. And Stella was a good dog. Um, the uh, the opportunities for youth hunters now, man, I mean, they're they're, awesome. they're, they're, they're they are awesome. they are awesome. Yep. awesome. That's why the biggest thing that I can say is is if you got a kid that's got any kind of because this sport's going out to win the man. I mean, it is. Uh, I feel like these and the 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 filming and everything it's going to help. It's going to breathe new life back into it. But uh, especially up our way with um, stuff getting built up. Um, there's a new video game out every week that can give a kid, you know, catch a kid's attention. Um, this is an old school sport, and if you see a kid have any interest in this, you need to jump on it and get them get them in because. This sports taught me a lot give about life. Yeah. Give them, give them some yeah. of your time. Yeah, it. This sports taught me a lot about life, responsibility. My first job, uh, the, the how I got it was from uh, 
a guy that I coon hunted with. Um, I it's, the opportunities are endless, and you make you know make good friendships, and you yeah you know, he, he he drives a, a, or operates heavy equipment, and that would have never come about if it wasn't for a coon hunter that hunted with us, give him a chance. Yeah, it's a there's there's so much that can that can come from it, and there there I'm not taking away from any other kind of sport that there is out here. But, but this is our sport. This That's is our we're sport, talk about. and I've seen yeah. what it can do firsthand for for a kid and it's it's a it's a great thing well actually after winning that um youth world hunt they interviewed me and i dad had competed and won in the russ meyer invitational it's a lot similar to this hunt here it's actually what kind of got these invitationals started yeah russ meyer and jess dickerson started these yeah and i put in there that it's always been my dream to hunt in one of those and it wasn't two weeks russ meyer called me and uh said hey I I would sponsor you to come out and compete in my hunt for a 13 year old kid to go out there with the best of the best and get to compete and won money and I yeah. won money I've got the finals one one of the three nights uh, it was it just stuff you can't take away from you you know it's it was a and you'll never forget you'll never right, forget it right and that's another thing that makes so special when you compete or a dog that you raised and trained it's just like slider out there um i uh watched him fall out of his mama and me and dad set into training him i've been around him since he i could hold him in my hands and to come down here and to compete with the the michael wards the scott angles the billy bells and everything and um the steve yance and all the greats and to to win like i did thursday um it's it's a little celebration that you have inside that is like no other. It's almost like watching your kid grow up. No there. one knows that dog as good as you do because you've been around him all his life. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And for Alan to to see that and recognize that and put give me the opportunity, um, that's you're grateful. That's you're yeah, grateful. I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm so grateful. You're grateful. Yeah. You say you won it in 2012. Yeah. Okay. I was in the final six that year. Was you really? Yeah, I didn't realize uh, that was the same year, but yeah, I got oh, the final really? six. See, I when I my top six cast was with uh, Zach Burden, actually. Okay, the O'Brien boy from Missouri beat me. Okay, the yeah, finals. the little old boy, little old boy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yep. On. I carried him in the final cast. We crossed a. Uh, it was cold, man. It was cold and um, frosty. We we crossed the. Of course, I was winning, so I was all. A politician ready to help anybody <laughs> but i was all happy but i carried that little boy across the across the creek there and uh we had it we had a good cast tom jennings judged that cast he done a great job he done a great we done a great job it was it was definitely one for the memory the best the best thing when i got back to the to the truck i got within 100 yards of the truck and here come dad running at me as hard as he could he <laughs> slammed me and bear hugged me and he was clay <laughs> stevens was, was at the truck and they was both crying and everything and it was clay like, cried yeah I, I didn't cry did i cry I yeah you cry. cried when you hugged yeah. me it was a good it there was a good memory there ain't a, nothing wrong with that uh, yeah um yeah I can't remember. There was two brothers, Tate and Roper. I can't yes, remember. Tate and Roper. I can't remember which oh, one right. it was. Um, Do you remember which one it was? It was, a, it was the littler one. They got in. I don't know which one's younger of the two. I don't either. But I don't he, see them boys anymore. I, I don't think they even hunt anymore. I don't think so. I um I had two hundred out of the truck, and he shut up and come back to me. 
Really? Yep. Oh. First two or three minutes of the hunt, I don't know if it's a possum. I don't know what happened. He struck out there. 200 shut up come back hey, I, I'll tell I was you behind that. it I should have just packed him up and went to the truck <laughs> right there when we were still standing there I, I'll tell you I did one of probably one of the dumbest things in, in that top six cast and I'll tell on myself for this somehow we, we treat a coon and I had I had second strike and first tree on it and I believe Zach got on it for uh, he may have got treated for 50 or a quarter and we ended up getting out of that spot and we moved and things just kind of broke down. Well, my dog, I think my dog and him was trailing in there and she got treated and she'd tell on herself whenever she was, uh, whenever it wasn't right. And somehow or another, and I, it's been so long ago, I can't remember. If I treed for 50, no matter which way that tree went, I won. If, but if I treed for a quarter, and I knew this in my head, if I treed for a quarter, I, uh, if it was plus, I'd get beat. Well, I'm sitting there and that judge, I've got the time running and uh, the judge is counting the, the tree down and I had it so convinced in my head that there wasn't a coon that I completely missed treeing for 50. So I treed for a quarter on there, which I should, after that, I should have just kept my mouth shut but um and just let my strike ride because it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to matter at that point but i treated for a quarter it was the dumbest thing i ever did and i was sweating bullets when we got in there and we ended up not finding a coon it was a circle tree but i that judge even told me he said i don't know why you didn't treat for 50 i said i don't either i said i probably just lost this cast hmm. and uh, that's one you could look back on and laugh now but it wasn't funny then because i was i was she was nervous. serious I was, age, was I was nervous. Me. I thought, man, I'm never going to live this down if there's a coon in there. Yeah. They'll be talking about that forever. <laughs> That's how you think. But uh, Tom yeah. Jennings judged uh, judged me on the late round Friday night. It was me, Drake Robertson, and what was that boy from Indiana hunted that little red bone female? Was it Cody? I remember him. Uh, what was his name? Cody yeah. Craig? Won. Cody Craig? Was that right? I believe you're right. Uh, that this little red bone female. She, her, WB Ann. Ann. And yeah, um, anyways, Ann, I, I can't remember. Drake traded cone out of the truck. And then uh, I think we made a circle tree. We all got back, got back together. Strike got back open. We cut back loose. One dog barked down here. Three of us struck him. Oh, Tom didn't hear me strike. He fell treed right there. We walked down there, and it, was, it wasn't Drake's dog neither. So Drake got minus. I slid through it. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Drake and I ended up treeing a coon, and uh, I think I sat back on it. I, I just needed a quarter. I think I ended up striking for seventy-five after that, and treeing for a quarter. It was ball game and just Drake just handed me that one. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you have that you have just like me, I you know, telling that story. You have that stuff happen. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like when you're out there you could just you couldn't even you could just be numb brained and you could win and sometimes you feel like you could go at it like you're sword fighting and there's no way you could win. It's just funny how competitions work. Yep. Um, it, it really is. Uh, it's, it's crazy how you go on these ruts too. I mean, if, if you're on, if you're winning, you're winning all of them. If you're yeah, losing, it seems right. like you're losing all of them. That's right. Yes. Yes. You get it. You get, and them hot streaks never seem to last long enough. No, they don't. Going. No, because you want to win all of them. <laughs> yeah. You definitely want to win every. I, I've been in a slump here lately. It's it's got to where it's about embarrassing, really. Oh 
you can't, you but, can't think like that. Well, I, I, I just like to take this time to say to these young men out here that have an interest in uh, competition coon hunting to know that they have they have a chance and there's a way to get yourself involved and uh, if you're under driving age you probably got to get around a coon hunter that will give you some of his time and uh, all coon hunters should look for a young man or a young girl that uh, wants to do it and give them a helping hand along the way and give them some advice and uh, help them get them a pup uh, because there's no uh, there's no better feeling than getting you a little pup and you being the first one that trees a coon for and uh, you develop it on out and win a coon hunt with it yep I got a little young boy that hunts with me. Y'all, y'all may have heard of him, T.J. McCulley. Yeah, oh yeah. He, he's he lives a ten minutes from me, and man, I I take him all the time. Man, he's yeah. a hand, dude. He's oh, sharp. He's sharp, and just yeah. now turned thirteen year old, and yeah. can tell you about any dog earnings yeah. rule. Just doubled up. Nah, just doubled up at the at the big world. Yeah, As, I'd, I'd say he's got to be one of the youngest hey, youngest man, ones to, to ever that. double up. And uh, man, he's ate up with it. If he could, he'd he'd quit school and go yeah, well, and full time. You, uh, it, that was my problem. <laughs> I, I won some money early on, and I didn't want to fool with nothing but a coon dog. Yeah, he he's got a great job. Uh, my I, wife is one salvaged me. I when you come down to a place like this, and you get in that mode where you're just thinking about coon hunting. It's hard to get back. To oh man, life. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go to work Monday morning. No, I, I'd love neither. to stay right here and coon hunt till daylight. And it makes it that much worse when you got a good young dog. Yeah, you bet. yeah. You bet. I get ate up with it, and I, I get sorry. It's like <clears throat> Barry tells me, Junior used to say, "Coon hunters are the are the scums of the earth." <laughs> <laughs> you can get the sorry as the ever lived. Yeah, we sat around this cabin in a rocket chair, ate like hogs, and you know, uh, the, waiting on fit, it to get dark. Yeah, yep. waiting on it to get dark. Then Boy. sleep half the day and yeah. do it again. Yeah, we're scummies. Yep. But uh, please, anybody out there that uh, knows a kid that wants to try. Give him a little help at hand. And uh, t- talking about Junior, uh, yeah, yeah, I know y'all were close to him. Y'all mentioned that a while ago. It, Barry tells me these stories about Junior and Doug. And, I mean, it fascinates me. Just going back and looking at this, them stories and and uh, them pictures. And, and at at one time, they were they were the ones to beat. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. When Doug came back for that, when he had Slim and then had Echo, when he came back, it's like he never left. He was dom- just dominating. He, and that's he, just a testament to how he's he's next level. You can talk about whoever you want to talk about today. I, I Dad knows Junior more than I know Junior. He was always good to me when I was around him. But I've been around Doug a lot. You won't you won't find no better hand out there with in a competition. And he is one dedicated son of a hardcore. Guy. They say he's in, he's intense as as it gets. Yeah, he's in, That's why him and Dad got along so well because their mindset on coon hunting was the same. Yep. Mm. Junior uh, had a little bit of different uh, knack at, at winning, but Doug tried to win all the time with uh, a good dog. And Junior hunted a good dog, but Junior 
he always said, don't judge a man with a dog leash. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say... Uh, when you when you throw that leash over your shoulders, it knocks your angel, angel wings off. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said, hey, knock them angel wings off. But oh. Lord have mercy, what a good man! Uh, both of them, they're good men. Junior, uh, I need. He was talking about that money deal. Uh, I bought a truck that Junior got me, and I needed to sell it. And he was willing to give me the money for it before it ever sold. And uh, yeah, they can say all they want to about Junior Jackson, but I, in my eyes, he's a dandy and a good man. He's a friend. Yeah. yeah. He's a friend. I'd love to get up there and, and sit down, and, and I'm sure they could talk for hours on oh, hours. They could. Oh, yeah. They could. Doug, Doug is uh, very entertaining talking he, to. Both of them are entertaining yeah. storytellers. Uh, and I would hate to say which one that I'd rather listen to. I'd like to listen to both of them together. Yeah, you know, I'd right? love to get them together and do this, man. You could sit there for six, yeah. eight hours all and still not get all of it. Yeah. And uh, I, I better not. I, I was going to tell someone, Junior, but I'll <laughs> 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 we'll let Junior tell yeah, that story. Yeah, Junior tell that story. I wish, uh, which yeah. I, I think Tori and Barry and a few others have tried to to talk them into doing this but i don't think they're too interested i wish they'd, they'd see the bigger picture and, and, and one people, day people would really enjoy it yes they would really enjoy it 20 years or 20 30 years down the road this this may be all the, their family and, and grandkids and can go back the, and, and listen to the the idea of calling somebody a blast of the buffalo hunters that they got that name People use it now. They'll say, oh, he's the last of the buffalo hunters. Junior and Doug got that name first, the last of the buffalo hunters. Hmm. They was coon hunters now. Uh, maybe we can make it work one day. I guess if I stay persistent on, on Doug. Yeah, <laughs> he'll, either, he'll either not ever talk to me or, <laughs> here, 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 <laughs> or change his mind. Doug do it first, and then junior would come over and when you'd get him started he'd, he he'd do the right thing you know but getting him started would be the hard thing yeah they just had to slip a mic around on it <laughs> yeah uh, Ooh. and uh you know my brother uh i'd like to say a little something about him he can take a dog and hunt it and and he you know he's he's a good little dog trainer and he's the type of guy that when he competes a dog, he might look at you and say, hey, what rule did they change? Because uh, <laughs> he ain't no rule man, but I guarantee you when you are out there, he knows what all three of them dogs are doing, he, what his is doing, and he can handle a dog. Yeah, he, okay. uh, he can play chess with Yes, him. he can, and he, he's won, uh, he might have won more world hunts. He's won, he's won the UKC world hunt, the... AKC twice. A AKC twice, and he's been in the finals of the Super Stakes and the World Hunt. He's won the Super Stakes. Yeah, he's won the Super Stakes. Uh, he's, uh, he's won a lot. He's actually won more than I have. I didn't com compete as much. I had a real um, hard time getting along with people that wasn't a coon hunter that I was hunting the dog for. I'd get mad at them and, and, and quit them. But now Don, he'd, he'd hang in there the last dog died. Yeah. And you took a back seat to me. I mean, just well, I did, but I yeah, I enjoyed every bit of it. I I enjoyed every bit of it. Now my old knees is bad, and I need to get my knees replaced. 
both of them, and I could go right back to doing it. Uh, I just can't keep up now. I can hunt every night, but I cannot, and I'm scared to death. Of, I've had blood clots, and I'm scared to death of the blood clots getting the knees replaced, and I just need to break down and do it and get back to why I still can, you know, uh, get back to hunting because I enjoy a competition coon hunt when it's over. Right. When it's over. When it's over. <laughs> <laughs> and I've won. Yeah. yeah. you talking about Don knowing what each dog's doing out there on a cast. That's, to me, that's that's what makes a good handler. Oh, knowing yeah. what, Absolutely. not knowing just what your dog's doing, what, yeah. what them other three's doing. And <clears throat> it, it, I don't know. Knowing, just knowing a dog. And Don Dunlap ain't going to put one out on a limb. He'll, uh, and he can make it look easy. Yeah. You know, just, he's one that sneak up on you. You know, I, I've got to compete in some of these big pro classics. I've got to compete against him in the, the final casts and stuff like that. And um, watching him, you just watching him go out there. He ain't, he ain't win. He can joke with you and talk. And at the same time, you're looking. The watch is about to beep, and he's done it. Where he's got the cast wrapped up. You know, he knows what to do. He knows what to do. Yep. You don't have to make no big spectacle of it. Either. And you know, uh, another thing for these young boys. If you know a man that is a pretty good coon hunter, it don't hurt to go up and talk to them. You know, they're not going to run you off or, or tell you, hey, I ain't got time to talk to you. If they do, they ain't, they ain't no good. No. No, that says enough right there about yeah, it. Uh, if I was a kid and I did that, somebody blowed me off like that, I'd never talk to them again. Nope. But that's not usually what's going to happen. No, you'll find some good people. And the big thing for, and I, every young man struggles with it um, is, and I'm saying, man, there's girls out there that are good coon hunters too, but I'm just talking from my perspective. When you get started and you start getting some wins under your belt, as a young man, you like to start thinking maybe you know more than, you, you just don't have that, your brain ain't developed enough to look at it with some good common sense and say, hey, uh, they've been doing it for 30 years and been winning that long maybe they know more than i do you start to get the biggest thing that i would say is always approach everybody with giving them an a plus grade be respectful um listen over over time once you get your own experiences and your own knowledge you'll know when somebody's talking and they ain't making no sense um you don't have to call them out on it or anything like that just, like just be one ear and out, out the, the other. other be respectful and surround yourself with good people absolutely surround yourself with good god-fearing people that um, won't bring you down but will help you and uh, you get you get around good people that that will uh, have somewhat of your best interest in mind and will give you good examples and not bring you down you got nowhere to go but up you know Mm -hmm. for sure and one of the better things you could give a kid advice for is keep Jesus close by you because I've lived my life a long time and never uh, tried to serve the Lord and I got saved uh, a couple years ago and uh, it's the best thing I ever done Uh, it's a it's a great feeling it's a great feeling to serve the Lord it really is amen I I don't uh, I may not do it better than some people but I try to do my best and uh, that's, I, that's I, between you and him. Yeah, I promise every kid that would come up to me and ask me for help, I would give them. I would give them some help. Yeah, it's like I told Colton last night. I I enjoyed sitting down talking to you yesterday evening as good as 
I have the whole time well, I, I've been I, up I here. I liked you right off the get-go. When I, you sat down there and started talking, I knew you had some sense. And, uh, and a kid, if he don't have a good daddy, sometimes he'll act uh, wrong around people and wanting to get some attention. But the older men should be able to say to that boy, hey, don't act like that. Uh, settle down here and help them out. Because some kids have never been taught how to act. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't know how to act. Yep. And if, if you and not do it in front of a crowd, get them off to their self and talk to them and say, hey, look, you know, uh, that ain't the way to do things. Right. You don't want to try to be the center of attention. Uh, listen. Stand there and listen. And when it's time to talk, talk with some sense. Mm-hmm. That's like TJ. That's a good kid. But I, I told him, I, I ain't going to tell him anywhere. If you ain't respectful and you don't have manners, you ain't, no, you ain't going ain't very no. many places no. with me. That's right. No, and that, that goes for any kid. I, I ain't uh, I ain't pulling him out. When he, uh, when he, and he never did embarrass me. But I told him, you won't embarrass me. Mm-mm. Usually, if you embarrass me, I'm I'm gonna do I'm gonna call you out right yeah, there. Yeah, and I'm not. I'm not <laughs> right. So, well, I think this has been a good little talk. Uh, I don't know if we've covered everything that we needed to, uh, but. I think it's going to give some young men a perspective where they understand that they can get into this sport and find out where they belong in it. Right. Where, you know where they where they belong in it. Mm-hmm. I and do agree. Never be intimidated to take. And coming from me, yes, I've had a silver spoon in my mouth since I've got into coon hunting with him. But just looking, just looking at, it, never be intimidated. You know, I, I'm not a sociable person. Um, like, I can talk to people and stuff, uh, but I'm not one that's going to, that can ease into a group of guys and have their attention by it or anything like that. Don't don't be intimidated by any of that. You show up to a hunt, you take care of your dog, you make sure your dog's in the in the, in the best Amen. spot it can be Amen. while you're there. Keep talking, brother. Yeah, you, and you do your work, they'll start talking to you. Oh, you yeah. Know, yeah. They'll, they'll start coming up and talking to you. Not that that's important, but just always rep- worry about representing yourself in a way that, of, of respect and of, worry, a of a gentleman and worry about your dog. Who go a long ways, not just cone hunting, just in life. In yeah. life, yep. in life, absolutely. So. Absolutely. This old coon hunting can show a young man or a young girl how to get along in life. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's taught me a bunch. Like my job and a job I've had before, I know two different jobs I've had in my life. Well, three, my it's my very first job and then i worked for the railroad for a few years and now i work for kitty all, all three of them jobs had to do something i got them jobs with, with a coon hunter yeah, yeah. and if you re- represent yourself as a good person that's what people pick up on they don't yeah, they ain't picking up on you because uh, uh what you do in a coon hunter or anything like that they pick how, up how you, hey, that, that guy there's got a good level head or you know yeah smart and a gentleman and knows how to operate yep and how to talk to people how to how to be a good person. That's right, buddy. It goes a long ways. Well, them uh, them red eyes starting to yeah, and I think it's starting to sound good, better and better. They are calling. So uh, both of y'all, I, I truly appreciate y'all doing it. I know y'all been on a few, and I didn't know if y'all do another one, but I, 
ever since I listened to them, that other one y'all done with Josh, I, I knew I wanted to get y'all on it and, and talk to y'all. So I enjoyed it and surely enjoyed it, buddy. So and I want to take the time to say what a top judge this boy is. It's in best I've had. And Colton said he was the best he's had in a long time. He's a good judge. Well, thank you, thank you. I've, I, I, that's something. And I he was filmed last night. Now. If you don't think that's extra pressure on a man, then you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, a lot of people may not see it as much, but that's something I take pride in. Well, is, ju is judging these you hunts. Should. I want a judge that takes pride in being yeah. a good judge. Yeah. So, just like anything, I want to I want to have a good name for for knowing the rules and and enforcing them. Yep. So, well, guys, like I said, I appreciate it and. Uh, I'm ready to, to go eat and, Me too. and for it to get dark. Let's try to do this again. Yeah, All right. Make yeah, some man. money. Hey, guys. Hope you all enjoyed that episode. Uh, I truly enjoyed getting to sit down and talk to Colton and Chuck myself. That episode was actually recorded in Luke Bryan's duck hunting cabin in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Pretty special, I thought. But anyways, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, if y'all don't mind, head on over to our Facebook page, Coon Hunt University Podcast Facebook page. Give us a like, give us a share, and if you get a chance, give us a review. Until next week, keep them on the woods.